Hello again, everyone. This is Ted Fattel of the Three Point Podcast. We hope you enjoy this classic Corona Cavaliers broadcast presentation. And you can send your game request to us at Three Point Pod. We'll dig it out of the archives and put it on a future episode. Remember, check out Three Point Podcast and enjoy the game. WMZX Sports Director Ted Patel. You know, Sister Sledge probably had the 1988-89 Corona Cavalier basketball team in mind when they sang their number one hit, We Are Family. Family sure fit this year's edition of Corona Cavalier Roundball. Coach Frank Davis, as in Father Frank, got his boys in the right frame of mind from the opening whistle of the first practice. Frank's kids, all 13 of them, entered the season as one of the favorites to take home some hardware in the always tough Mid-Michigan B Conference. The Cavs had finished the previous year as league tri-champs with St. John's and Chesanine while returning virtually the entire cast from that championship crew. The season started on December 2nd at home against neighboring Class A rival Owasso. The Cavs charged out of the gate with a 59-52 victory over the foul plague Trojans. Big six foot four pivot man, Matt basketball size Hale showed he was ready for his senior season by scoring 15 points to lead all scores. He also wiped the glass clean eight times. Matt got good support from his siblings in Golden Black as the Greyhound Jeff Brooks streaked the floor for 14 points. The Price is Right point guard Lynn Price, all five foot eight of him, cashed in 13 markers, including 11 free throws. Long Tall, Dan Gillette, and Scott Silk Curtis also played strong games for CHS. Game two for the Cavaliers saw the young Perry Ramblers pay a visit to the Cavalier jungle. The veteran Cavs stalled the Ramblers' upset bid 71-61. Price led the way this time with 17 points and a handful of assists. Curtis was right behind with 16. The balanced Cavalier score sheet was filled by Brooks, Hale, and Rocket Rod Seeley, adding 10, 9, and 8 points respectively. The Golden Black also dominated the boards with Gillette leading the way with 9 rebounds and Curtis pulling down another 6. December 9th was the night of the Cavs' MMB opener against the always tough Chesanine Indians, and this band of Indians were ready to scalp some Cavalier hide. The tribe playing in front of a full house in their teepee pulled out an exciting 69-66 ambush. All-State guard Brent Molnar led his father's team with 22 points. Price was again right with 22 points to match Molnar for game honors. Hale down 14, Brooks 10, and Gillette 9 in the losing cause. CHS got back on the right track the following Tuesday by downing another Class A foe, Flint Kersley, 97-74. The Cavaliers' fast break hit overdrive as Price and Brooks each nailed 21 markers. Gillette added 17 and Wildcat Wayne Kennedy down 14 off the bench. Then it was back to league play on the road, this time to Alma's Panther Den. 
The Panthers proved to be kittens and fell to the bottom of the MMB standings by losing 71-60 against the determined Cavs. Defense was the key this night as Price, Brooks, and Seeley equally divided 15 steals, leaving the Panthers clawless. Corona also held first-team All-Stater Matt Rodenbow to only 12 points. Price led all scores with 13, Gillette added 12, Hale 11, and Brooks and Curtis each had 10. That finished the 1988 portion of the schedule with the Cavaliers standing at 4-1 overall and 1-1 in the league. 1989 started out nicely for the Cavs. The Road Warriors paid a visit to Michigan's Railroad City and left Durand without an engineer. The Cavs gunned down the Railroaders 63-45. Price again led all scores with 15, while classmates Brooks and Seeley added 9 and 10 points respectively. The easy win improved Coach Davis's squad to 5-1. Things looked pretty good for the future also as Chuck Carr's Little Cavaliers down Durand 69-42, improving its mark to a flawless 6-0. Friday, January 6th, saw CHS bring their traveling show home by playing host to St. John's. Hospitality wasn't on the Cavaliers' mind this night as they shot the Red Wings out of the sky, 84-64. Corona cranked it into overdrive behind Price's 20 points. Brooks added a solid 16 markers, 5 assists, and 7 steals, and the win lifted the Cavs to a 2-1 MMB record and into a four-way first-place tie with Ovid Elsie, Ionia, and Chesanine before next week's visit to Ionia's doghouse and 6'10 All-State center Matt Hoffkamp. The Golden Black definitely had their game faces on for the West Coast trip. Corona roared out of the blocks for a 23-18 first-quarter lead and never looked back. Price rose to the occasion for a game-high 28. Brooks added 14 and had 6 steals, and Argus Press Athlete of the Week Scott Curtis had 8 points, 8 rebounds, and an all-round super game. Dan Gillette also played tall by going in and over the big boys for 11 points. The Corona 5 also strapped on their defensive sneakers by holding future MSU Spartan Hofkamp to only 15 points. The Cavs now sported a 7-1 ledger and shared first place with O.E., who turned back Chesanine 83-70. The Cavaliers continued their recent spell over Owasso Tuesday, January 17th by nipping their rival 46-43 in the land of Troy. Price again led the 8-1 Cavs by pouring home 21 points, including two coffin-sealing free throws with 15 seconds remaining. Brooks was the only other double-digit scorer, knocking home 10 markers. Dan Gillette led the way on the boards with nine caroms, and Matt Hale added six rebounds. Sole ownership of first place was on the line January 20th when Bob Forbach's Marauders were welcomed to the CHS jungle. A full house of 1,500 fans and a large listening audience on WMZX were treated to a 55-53 Cavalier victory. Price marked up 17 points all in the second half to lead the way for the Cavs. Hale down 12 to offset 6'6 Marauder junior James Tlander, who garnered 14. Jeff Brooks totaled 10 points again for Davis's crew, while OE was led by bomber Jason McCreary, who gunned home 16, many of which came from downtown Corona. The win finally put the Cavaliers where they felt they belonged, in first place all by themselves. Their 4-1 win-loss record was good enough for a one-game lead over OE and Ionia, who were nipping at their heels with 3-2 ledgers. Chesanine and St. John's followed at 3-2, and, and Alma was cleaning up the cellar with a 1-4 mark. A Southern vacation was next on the Cavalier agenda. The young and talented Perry Ramblers caught CHS in an overtime thriller, 74-66, to bring Davis's squad down to 9-2. Coach Jerry McDivitt's Ramblers, who started two juniors and a sophomore, used this game as a springboard for a late-season role. And also, the red and white stamped themselves as the area's team to beat in the 1989-90 season. 
Rod Seeley came off the bench to lead the Cavs with 16 points, while Brooks added 11. As if the loss wasn't enough, Price added insult to injury by being left behind after the game. The senior spark plug had to hop a ride home with Perry's junior varsity coach, Tom Stoll. The Cavaliers woke up in time for some sweet revenge January 27th when Jerry Molnar's Indians paid a visit to the jungle. No team had left the jungle alive since the end of the 1987-88 season, and this would be no different. CHS avenged its only conference defeat by clubbing the Indians 71-60, upping their league ledger to 5-1 and overall mark to 10-2. Jeff Brooks was the Cavs' top gun, notching 19 markers in his belt despite playing with a sore back. He came out smoking by scoring 11 points in the first quarter alone. Matt Hale hammered through Chesanine's porous inside defense for 14 points, while Brent Molnar, Chesanine's junior guard extraordinaire, kept the tribe in contention throughout most of the game with 24 points, including six trifectas. Corona closed out January with a hard-fought 61-59 win over non-conference foe Mason. Here's how Chris McMillan and myself called the stretch run against the Bulldogs on WMZX. 59, 54, 50 seconds to go here. The Bulldogs with it. Prater drives to the hoop, goes up with a shot, no good. Mason all over the rebounds again, and it was put up and in by Joe Kelly. Mason out hustling the Cavaliers on the boards now. Gillette has it. Three-point Cavalier lead, and it looks like Prater or Kelly, one of the two, going to be called for the foul. Mason scrapping, and their coach told me before the game that... Uh, They've played hard. That's a good sign. they played hard all season long, even though they only have one win. Well, that always says a lot for the characters individually of these guys, and I think probably in the long run that's more important than being a successful basketball team. Well, you're right about that, and that, uh, that's all a coach can ask, ask for if a team hustles and plays 100%. The shot goes up no good by Gillette, and uh, we're only three points ahead, speaking of Corona. 24 seconds, a three-pointer can tie it here. There it is by Prater, up and in from the right wing. Mike Prater has been a one-man team, and we're tied up. 13 seconds to go, 59-59. Price has it up top. Looks for a pick. He goes all the way to the hoop. He's fouled out front now by Joe Kelly. That's number five in my book on Mr. Kelly. We still have... Quite a bit of time on the clock here, Chris. Six seconds. Even if Price hits both these free throws, Mr. Prater has uh, been a one-man team. He's a nice player. He's really quick off the dribble, and he's very smooth on his jump shots. Well, he's got 17 points, all 17 coming in the second half. Check that. That's 18. That last shot was a three-pointer, so he's got 18 points. And now Mason wants to freeze out the shooter, Lynn Price. Not a bad coaching move there. They call timeout with six kicks on the clock, and we are tied up at 59 apiece. Well, the timeout is over here, and uh, Lynn Price at the line where he's been many, many times in pressure situations with six ticks on the clock, 59 to 59. We're tied up. Price straight through the center on the free throw. Cavaliers want to put some pressure on the Bulldogs, bringing it up the court. Six ticks left. Price at the line would give the Cavaliers a two-point lead. He does, and Mason wants a timeout to try and, I'm sure, set up 
either the game-winning play or a two-pointer. But I'll tell you, Chris, what would you do here? You know, the old line goes, you go for the win if you're an opposing coach, or you go for the tie if you're the home team. Of course, you haven't got a lot of choices, but six seconds sometimes is an eternity on that clock. Of course, we do have the home clock here, too, but uh, Leo Constein does a legitimate job down on the clock here in Corona. He's not from the University of Kansas for any of our Michigan State fans out there, but we do have six seconds to go. Corona up top by two on a pair of Lynn Price free throws. Uh, what do you think they'll set up here, or do you think they might set up some kind of screen and get to the free throw line on a on a you know a foul by the Cavaliers running into a blind screen? I have no idea what they're going to do, Ted. There's really not a lot of time to do a, a lot of plays. We got to go full court. I think the important part is getting up over half court as quickly as possible, then just hope for a prayer. Well, I've got them for one more timeout, and they might want to get it quickly to half court if they can do it within a second and call timeout with a baseball type pass right to mid court. That doesn't look like now they throw it in deep. They get it to Prater. He's going to dribble it down and fire it up. There he goes up with three. No good. The buzzer goes off. The Cavaliers win. But you got to give Mason a lot of credit. They played tough and they hung in there to the very end. But Mr. Clutch Lynn Price comes through once again for the Cavaliers. Hits a couple free throws with six seconds to go, and that is definitely the man you want at the line when it's money time. The Cavaliers once again win it here, 61-59 to in a game that was much closer than we figured it would be and probably should have been, but the Cavaliers will take it, and they'll improve to 11-2 overall on the season. And, of course, stay on top of the league standings at 5-1. and one. The 11-2 and two Cavaliers now prepared to play host to MMB Cellar Dwellers, Alma, and their all-state sharpshooter, Matt Rodenbow, Friday, February 3rd. Once again, the Panthers couldn't handle the jungle, and the Cavs kept sole possession of first place, downing Alma 71-57. to Rodenbow collected his 25 points, but CHS's team balance easily overcame the one-man gang. Corona had five double-digit scores, led by All-State candidate himself, Price, who supplied 19 points, including 15 in the second half. Seeley had a nice game, providing 16 points, four assists, and three steals in his best performance of the season. Hale tossed in 12, while Scott Curtis and junior Trent Lil Hunter Hornus evenly split 20. Lansing Waverly's Warriors were up next, and up they were. Playing without six foot six All-Stater and Western Michigan recruit Jason Ensley, Phil Oldham's crew played at a feverish pitch to tame the jungle. The Lansing squad downed CHS 77-75 in a nip-and-tuck affair. The Warriors used their big front line to dominate the glass against the smaller Cavaliers. Rod Seeley continued his fine late-season play by pumping in career-high 21 points. Price led all scores with 28 including three triples matching Sealy and long-range bombs. The defeat lowered CHS's record to 12-3. The triumvirate of Price, Brooks, and Sealy helped the Cavaliers clinch at least an MMB title share February 10th at St. John's. The Golden Black clipped the Red Wings 78-69 as Alma was stunning second place over at Elsie 72-62. Price threw in 25 points to lead CHS while Sealy and Brooks each chipped in 17. Little Michael J. Valasek also had a crucial role in the game as he relayed the message of the Ovidelsi defeat from the WMZX broadcast booth to the CHS bench. 
Assistant coaches Charlie Carr and John Fattel were the first on the bench to find out the good news, and soon thereafter, Coach Davis was told. Davis obviously kept the information from the rest of the squad during the game and allowed Price the honor of reading the note to the rest of the team in the locker room after the contest, sending the players into a wild frenzy. Big Nine member Swartz Creek was next up for the 13-3 Cavaliers who were tuning up for a February 17th showdown with Ionia. Tune up? Not quite. Here's how the final moments were described on WMZX. Nine seconds to go. We're tied up. Hale at the line. Misses the free throw. Swartz Creek with it. Gavarda, he has time. Seven seconds. Now he double dribbles off the hip. He looks like Jay Burson, and then after the whistle, he hits the three-pointer, which won't count. He looks like Jay Burson in stature, and he gets called for what Jay Burson for Ohio State did. A lot of people thought was a phantom call against Minnesota. Free throws are not Matt Hale's forte, you might say. But he didn't miss that one too bad, and Torch uh, Creek brought it down court quickly. Scavarda was called for the travel. It's going to be a wild one. We're definitely looking at a possible overtime, Chris. We have four seconds on the clock. I think Corona's trying to get them to put five seconds on the clock. And that's quite a bit of time because they get it almost a half court. Yeah, the key here is get your inbounds pass with the guy getting forward momentum because if he backs up at all, it just about kills any chance for a good shot. Yep. And right now we'll see uh, what kind of play Coach Frank Davis will come up with. He might try and free somebody back door if at all possible. Well, we are certainly looking at a possible overtime contest here at 73-73. We haven't had an overtime this year, have we? I don't think we have, have we? No. That's kind of rare. Four seconds. See you later, Price. Lynn, four seconds, three. Price from the right side. Fake pump goes up with it. It goes! It counts! Price hits it at the buzzer from three-point land. Unbelievable. Two players were hanging all over him. And Price hits it to win it for the Cavaliers at the buzzer. All right, Ted, I don't know <laughs> if he got that off before that buzzer went off. Well, I'll tell you, whether he did or whether he didn't, it was so close, and you got to like it, and you got to give it to him. But what a play. Looks like they're only going to credit him with two. He was stepping on the line. But what a shot by Lynn Price on the right wing, almost right in front of the Cavalier bench. Let it fly. Two players hanging all over him, and he dropped it straight through. And the little spark plug senior All-State candidate, at least in our book, puts it up and in. And if any, uh, anybody over there in Flint is listening, he is an All-State candidate, no matter how tall he is. Cavaliers win it here, 75-73, to 73. and stay right with us here because we'll have our final game wrap-up for you coming up here very shortly. 14-3 and 6-1 and and in the MMB sounded pretty darn good to the Cavaliers. Good but not good enough as the Cavs had their minds set on the outright championship. The Cavaliers had a big obstacle, big as in 6'10", Matt Hoffkamp and his always tough Ionia Bulldogs next on tap. Could point guard Lynn Price and his golden black mates be up for the task at hand? Here's how we describe the action on MZX late in the game with the score all knotted up. We're tied up now at 69 apiece. Brooks now, left side. 2.27 to go. Now Corona wants a timeout. 
We're tied up here, folks, with 69 apiece. Ionia and Corona with 2.24 to go and a Corona timeout. Well, you know, Chris, the two stars coming in the game had to be Lynn Price and Matt Hofkamp. And uh, Hofkamp's got 22 on the game. Price has got 22 on the game. Each has 10 points here in the fourth quarter. Well, in all honesty, I really don't understand why uh, Wayne Kennedy has been fed to the dogs trying to guard Matt Hofkamp this whole fourth quarter. Well, we'll see what happens here. We're tied up 69 apiece. Turner with the ball. They get it to Brooks underneath. Banks it off last beautifully. Turner back up top here in this chess game. Turner up by a deuce. Brooks has his 20 seconds. 2.05 to go. Now we got to drive all the way to the hoop. No good. Hofkamp over the back. Now it's rebounded by Steely. Gets control to Curtis. Now what do you do? Coach Davis calls out play number seven. We'll see what this is. Going to up by a pair. A minute 50 to go to Seeley. They're going to delay it out front. We'll see what happens. Try to get to the free throw line. Now Kennedy has it. Out on the baseline. Back to Wayne. You got to come get it. Price comes and gets the ball. We got a minute 38. Now he drives all the way to the hoop, lays it up and in, and we have a block before the basket. What a play by Price, though. He drives in and it picks up the foul on Ben Kirby. That's Kirby's fourth. It'll send Price to the free throw line once again with the Cavs up by a pair. Such a plus for a team to have an excellent ball handler like Lynn Price in the last minute and a half in a game like this. Well, the Corona, at least Catholic contingent out here tonight, saying they're Hail Marys right now. We have a minute 35 to go. Price hits the first free throw. He'll line up the second now. Corona up by three. Price drops this one through. This is unbelievable tonight. Unbelievable from the free throw line, folks. We'll fill you in after the game. A minute and a half to go. Johansson has it. Up top now to Humbrock. Back to Johansson. Left side, Caswell. He drives. Kicks it up top to Humbrock. If they take some time, they're going to get edgy and want to shoot. Perrin. Now they get it to Hofkamp, but Kennedy is whistled for the foul. Little body contact, and Wayne, pretty nice job that, that time trying to sneak by Hofkamp, but he was just a half a step slow. So Kennedy has his fourth. Well, he's doing a good job on that particular sequence. Did a good job of fronting the big guy, and that's what he's got to do. He's got to stand in front of him. Well, I'll tell you, being outmatched, Wayne has just done a tremendous job tonight hustling and doing the best he can on Hofkamp. Going up by four with a minute and 11 to go. Hofkamp at the line. Got 22 on the game. Makes the first free throw. He's always been a good free throw shooter. 73-70 the Cavs. Hofkamp misses this one. Kennedy pulled down the board, turn off by a triple. Price is going to walk it up the court. I wouldn't mind seeing him slow it down a little bit here and go to the free throw line, get their shooters the ball. Brooks has it up top. They got to Oh, Price is back door. Nice pass. And it's good. Great pass by Brooks from midcourt to Price. Price posted up. Johansson broke from the free throw line. Played it in. The runner's going to be up by five with 57 seconds and Price at the free throw line. Johansson fouls out of the game. And one, baby. 
Beautiful feed to win, and he made a beautiful shot. That was a clutch pass, too, buddy. Just a great pass from Brooks. The triangle delay game by Corona working to perfection. And now Ionia wants a timeout with 57 seconds to go. And I tell you, if I'm Frank Davis and Flynn can make both these throws, I want, I want to sit on the ball. Well, 75-70, stay right with us here. 57 seconds to go. Lynn Price at the line for the Cavaliers for a one and the bonus. Lynn drills the first one. Run up. 76-70, that was the, the bonus on the three-point attempt. Now Hofkamp goes up with a shot and is fouled. Just clear me up here, Chris. We got, did we get credited for that last basket? That was a three-pointer by Price. I want to get my score sheet right here. Get my mind back straight. We have a foul that was called on Brooks. His fourth. What a game. Hofkamp at the line for the Bulldogs. He's having a great game for them. Makes the first one. He'll get the second. Corona wants to get their ball handlers the ball right now and their shooters. Up camp also drills the second one. Corona back up by four. Ionia not putting any pressure on right now. Now they're going to go for the half-court trap. Price with it. He's going to keep the ball as much as he can. Pulls up. Dishes it over to Brooks on the left side. The time is clicking. Price has it. Oh, come on. We have a whistle on the court. We had a shaken up player. Corona had the ball, though, but it was an Ionia player. I guess that's good sportsmanship. I'm kind of, kind of showing my, uh, my Corona colors there. <laughs> we had an injured uh, Bulldog, Price, and uh, it looks like Ben Kirby hit heads with the referee. A good job of officiating now. I'll give him a break. Attention's thick here, ladies and gentlemen. But you know, really, you're, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wait until the play is done. But anyway, Corona will have it at the scores table. We'll see what happens here. They're going to no, take it across court now. Referee Allen, who made that call, and certainly looking out for the best interest of the young players. So it's a good move. Curtis, looking for somewhere to go. Gets it to Price in the backcourt. He's covered by Caswell. Lynn still has it. Reverses his dribble at the free throw. Now comes back out, up top, drive. This is it to Curtis. Hands it back off to Price. 23 seconds to go. Corona up by four to Brooks. Now he's fouled, and he'll go to the free throw line for a one-and-one. One. Cavaliers took some precious seconds off the clock. Jeff Brooks will be at the line here. This baby is not over yet, folks. We have 19 seconds to go. Corona on top, 76 to 72. I don't know what the Ionia's thinking was there, Ted. We got a timeout on the floor. The Cavaliers were allowed to take 17 seconds off that clock after the out-of-bounds play. And the immediate foul would have been my thinking. Well, you're right, but uh, Lynn Price had the ball the whole time, and they didn't want to foul him. But uh, there's 19 seconds to go. It's 76-72. Corona, that's the final timeout by Ionia. So keep in mind, even if they do make a basket, Corona can take a little bit of time getting it in bounds, and then they can take another 10 seconds bringing it up course. So Ionia's going to have to foul immediately if they can 
somehow come down and score. Brooks hits both these free throws. That's going to be real tough for Ionia. We have 19 seconds to go. I'm doing a little hand signals down to the scores table to Gary Schooley. Where if Corona does manage to win this game, we're going to try and get Frank and possibly Lynn Price up here for a post-game chat. Brooks at the line now for Corona. Couple big throws here, at least the first one. Oh, geez, I can't believe this. The statistics on these free throws and folks are not going to believe, and we're not going to tell you right yet. I'm telling them, Ted. I think it's a state record. <laughs> Don't tell them yet. Let them guess. Brooks at the line. Ugh. Missed it. I guess you could have told him. But Kennedy has it now. Hawkcamp. Oh, come on. you got to be kidding me. The referee calls a jump ball. Kennedy had the ball. Hawkcamp just about bulldogged him. They call a hell ball with 14 seconds to go. Corona is up by five. It's not over yet. You can't foul. Caswell. Covered by Price. They're taking some more time off. Nine seconds. Kirby has it. Left side. Launches a three, no good. Hawkcamp has it. Up, it's good, but it can run the clock out now, folks. Hawkcamp Kennedy with the basket. The Cavaliers are concert champ alone. 77 to 74. What a game. We will try and regain our composure up here in the broadcast booth. But right now, Tony Hornet's going to get a picture of the conference champs, the Toronto Cavaliers, the Bulldogs holding their heads down. And uh, they have nothing to be ashamed out about. They gave the Cavaliers a heck of a battle, but Toronto wins the game. They're going nuts right now, giving high fives to their jungle student cheering section. And Matt Hawkamp, who happens to be a personal friend of Lynn Price, is getting a ride of his life off the court right now. Tremendous chance to a tremendous conference season for the Cavaliers. And right now the Cavaliers are performing performing the ceremonial cutting down to the net. And uh, Ted, we've got the star of this show and the Cavaliers season all year long up here with us right now, Lynn Price. Okay, we'll talk to Lynn right now before we do our final game wrap-up. But uh, we have uh, our good buddy and a fine Cavalier performer who has a tremendous game tonight, especially came through in the clutch. And I don't know if you realize it, Lynn, but uh, Cavaliers tonight made every free throw up until the time Jeff just missed that last one. So you guys had a flawless performance just about from the free throw line. But, uh, Lynn, you led the way tonight with 27 points, and your running mate, Jeff Brooks, had 23. Your thoughts on the game? It was just a great game to play as a player, I know. I didn't, I didn't realize we, we uh, had only missed one free throw until you just told me right now. I really didn't know that. Well, that's a sign of a great team, and uh, here comes your coach right now, but we want to ask you, uh, it's going to be a, a sad sight next year seeing you and your mates gone. You've had a great career here at Corona, Lynn, and just a few thoughts on playing basketball here at Corona for Coach Frank Davis. Well, it's just been it's just been a great three years. Coach has done a lot of good things for the team and for me. He's really helped me when I was down. He's just a great guy to be with. He's just a great coach and a great friend. One more thing here, Lynn. I know you're really good buddies with uh, – Matt Hoffcamp of Ionia you play yeah. a lot of three-on-three -three basketball yeah. with him. Did he, did he get a chance to talk to him at all? I see he slapped you a high five there when you were riding the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I talked to him a little bit before the game. He was pretty loose. He was. He came out pretty cocky, though. He said he was going to take it to us. He did. He's an excellent ball player, and I just want to wish him a good four years at Michigan State. 
All right, Lynn Price, congratulations once again. We're going to talk to your coach right now, Frank Davis. Okay, thank you. Hey, yeah. Well, Frank, definitely congratulations. What a finish here tonight. I just want to set the stage here a little bit. You've picked up now your fourth Mid-Michigan B crown. This is your second outright championship. You've got four district crowns, a state championship, a regional, conquest, and also a girls' district crown. Where does this one fit in? Well, I think we just really got a lot of good kids, and uh, our seniors really came to play. Boy, we went down seven. Uh, we just talked about the timeout is that we got to do it. We've got to get together, and we just really got to play. And, and uh, yeah, uh, and then making those free throws. But, you know, everybody really contributed. Uh, Danny Gillette's been sick for a couple of days. He wanted to play hard. He couldn't. Uh, uh, he wanted to get back in the game. Uh, Wayne Kennedy just did a great job on there when Matt uh, – Kale got in foul trouble, and, you know, it really took all the kids. And then our support players are just absolutely super in a few days. They uh, supported each other well in practice, and uh, it was really a total great effort. All 13 players really contributed to this championship. Well, I know you can see my score sheet here, Frank, and you see all the filled-in circles. You've got one missed free throws, all you had all evening long. That was that one right at the end by Jeff. Oh, well, I'll tell you, we've made a lot of free throws, but the kids really have a lot of confidence. But I think it comes a lot down with poise and uh, not being denied. And I think, you know, it had to help us uh, being in the race last year and, and ending up in a, a share, a three-way tie. And uh, these kids just didn't want to have a share of it this year. They wanted it outright, and uh, they really worked for it, and I'm really proud of them. Well, that's quite a feat, winning it outright, and you still have a game to go. We know how tight the MMB is most of the time. Uh, you feel quite a bit now relaxed. I'm sure you feel naturally relaxed, but uh, you feel like you had a little bit extra pressure coming into the season with all the team, all the team members you had coming back? Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth and what I believe and what I tell my players before every game. Uh, when you start out and lose 16 games in a row and you got 50 people in the stand, uh, and then when you come this far and you have this kind of crowd, uh, big games to me is what it's all about. And I tell the kids, this is what we work for. I says, uh, when you're playing at the bottom, that's not a big game. And this is what we want. And uh, there's no pressure. Everybody's going to do their job. I'm going to do my job. And uh, if uh, the good Lord has to be with us, uh, we're going to come out on top. And these kids had their faith, and we love the big games, we love the crowds, we love the noise, and uh, that's really what it's all about. Okay, Frank Davis, uh, we want to wish you once again congratulations. And if you, when you go down in that locker room, you want to send up any other players up here, we'll be glad to talk to them because we got to wrap up the statistics here. But uh, good luck to you heading down the stretch here and heading into district action. Okay, thank you. Uh, you guys have really did a great job for us all year. We certainly appreciate it. I know the kids are saying some of the nicknames you were calling them. They like that, and that's good. And That's really what high school athletics is all about. Thanks again. Well, we appreciate the kind words, Frank. Once again, Frank Davis, congratulations. It was a heck of a game tonight. And now we'll move on to further action Tuesday night against Durand and then next Friday in Ovidelsi for the final of our regular season. Chris, why not wrap up our statistics over there? Okay, I'd just like to add, offer my personal congratulations to the Cavaliers and Coach Frank Davis on a fantastic season, and it ain't over yet, baby. For the Cavaliers from the field tonight, they were 26 out of 49 from the field for over 50%, and uh, Ionia shot a sizzling 58% themselves, hitting 29 out of 50 for 58%. From the free throw line, the Cavaliers hit 23 out of 24, nailing their first 23 in a row, while Ionia was 
Yeah, I don't have Ionia's right here. <laughs> we got pandemonium up. Are you want to get to these interviews, Ted? Yeah, who cares about the statistics? We'll fill in after we get rid of the players here. But right now, we're going to give uh, all the grandma and grandpas out there a chance to hear their senior players. We're going to go one by one, guys, so let's get a little organized here. First of all, Jeff Brooks, 23 points tonight, and uh, you got to feel like the worst guy in the gym missing the only free throw out of the whole team tonight. Thanks, Ted. Oh, man, this is great. We've been waiting a long time for this. I love it. It feels great. Here you go. All right, that was Jeff Brooks. Now we got Rod Seeley, who uh, for most of the early part of the season came off the bench, but uh, when the Cavaliers had a few injuries, slipped right into the starting lineup, and the Cavaliers did not miss a beat. Uh, Rod had six points tonight, but uh, played a fine all-around game. Your thoughts on the season, Rod? Awesome. Great. It's awesome like it. Went MMB, senior year. All the way. Bye. Well, I'll tell you, the Cavalier cheering section's called the jungle, and it's getting to be a jungle up here, but we're going to stay here until they're all done talking. Right now we got long, tall Dan Gillette, and uh, he's been fighting off an illness. Let's hear, Dan, your thoughts on this big game. Uh, it's just, this is just great. Total. Total team effort, 1 through 13 the whole year, man. This is great. MMB champs, number one, baby. All right, championship, folks. Okay, we got Wayne Kennedy that has uh, half of uh, Matt Hoffkamp's perspiration all over him right now. How does it feel out there tonight, Wayne? You played a fine game, by the way. Oh, man, I'm tired. <laughs> it feels great. I've always wanted to be part of the MMB championship team. Man, we got one now. Stay here for one second. I want to ask you one question about... Uh, your football uh, tender up to northern Michigan, uh, you got to be looking pretty forward to that come fall time to go play for the Wildcats up there, and you're going to get a chance to play in that new dome they have coming in a couple of years. I'm really excited about that. Playing college football has always been a dream of mine, and finally coming true. I'm going to do it, man. Okay, good luck to you. Now we got uh, Matt basketball-sized Hale right now with us, and uh, he did a lot of battling tonight with uh, Big Matt Hoffcamp. Matt, what do you think on the game? Uh, Hopcamp came to play, and uh, I, you know, it was it was pretty tough, but it's a team effort, and you know, we kicked butt, baby. <laughs> All right, the humble words there, of Matt Hale. Let's get uh, Kurt Kalisak, another senior now up here, and Kurt, uh, you got to be pretty excited. How are uh, how is it playing with these guys here? Oh, uh, it's a great team effort, and we're we really have a lot of fun, even if you don't play. Okay, let's get throw to care over here now. Throw, uh, Chris uh, alluded earlier in the season that your name's like a hockey player, and I know when you get in the game, you can bang some bodies. What do you think of the season? I think this is uh, a great season, great total team effort, and uh, I'm really glad that we finally brought it home. Kind of. Okay, now we got the we got the Cavalier post-up player, uh, Chris Tapout here, who likes to bang it in underneath. Chris, your thoughts? Well, uh, having shared it last year, it's a lot better having it solo this year. Just us, man. Uh, it's been a long year, and we're waiting for districts now at our place. Okay, one more thing, Chris. I see uh, you have a lot of chats out on the, the sideline of the court with uh, assistant coach Chuck Carr. Are you talking about any ladies up in the stands, or what do you exactly discuss? Well, some of that, some of that, and along with he's hoping to win his 50-50 ticket, and he's never won yet. So. Okay, anybody else here want to get some air time because it's rare. Okay, I forgot. Scotty Curtis, uh, you got to be pretty excited. I'll tell you, you definitely lit a spark under the Cavaliers there at a couple crucial times. You finished the game tonight with 15 points, and you had that silky smooth jumper going down. 
Oh, it was great. Uh, two words Mr. Davis always says to us is play hard and have fun. I think that's what we did tonight, and we've done that every game. And that's why our record is what it is. We just play hard and have fun. Okay, let's, uh, we, got, we got three juniors on the team now. We had Trent Hornis tonight, came in the game, hit a couple big free throws. Uh, you played some uh, fine ball for the Cavaliers this year when you got in the game. Uh, did you have any uh, butterflies at all when you got in there tonight? Oh, I just tried to play calm and just hit my free throws, and it's just a great feeling. I'm just really stoked for next year in the district. All right, that was Trent Hornis. Now we'll get the Twin Tower 6'5 juniors over here. And this is going to do it for the roster. We have uh, Terry Saunders, and uh, what's it like playing with this Cavalier team and picking up Mid-Michigan B Hardware Championship? All my boys are stoked today, and uh, I just love playing with them. It's great. It's awesome. I love them. Okay, we'll get uh, Chris's favorite over here. Come on, Kevin Kurgis. And Kevin, uh, you got to be pretty excited, huh? Oh, yeah, it's great. Man, all these people have lots of fun and all. It's just great. Okay, that's the big guy, Kevin Curtis, and that'll, uh, that'll do it for the players. Now go take a shower, guys. The MMB crown was the Cavaliers, but they had more on their minds in the near future. Corona made it a sweep over Durand on February 21st, derailing the struggling railroaders 60-46 to as every Cavalier who was in uniform got into the action. Friday, February the 24th, closed out the regular season portion of the schedule with CHS traveling to Marauderville to take on Ovid Elsie. The Cavaliers prevailed 54-47 to close with a school record 17 regular season victories against only three defeats. The Cavs also finished 9-1 in the MMB behind the leadership of Price, who had 18 points, including 6 of 6 from the charity stripe. Brooks lended strong support with 14, while fellow 12th grader Dan Gillette downed 8. The luck of the draw, or unluck of the draw, depending on how you want to look at it, saw Corona getting who else but Ovid Elsie as their first-round district opponent. It's very tough to beat a team three straight in one season, but the Cavaliers were up to the task once again as they ended the Marauders' season 70-57 in the nightcap of district doubleheader action. The Perry Ramblers down the always tough Hazlitt Vikings for their third time, 47-46 in the opener. It was a special victory for the Cavaliers as earlier in the day the team and most of the high school attended senior classmate Kevin Mills' funeral. Kevin died in a tragic auto accident earlier in the week and the Cavs dedicated this game to him. Wearing black armbands, the Cavaliers played inspired ball. They were led once again by Price, who nailed 27 points and dished out 7 assists. Dan Gillette added 13 markers, and Scotty Curtis down 10. James Thielander had 18 for Coach Bob Forback, while Jason McCreary closed out his fine career with 17. The Marauders closed with a nice 16-5 record, but unfortunately for them, three of their defeats were to Coach Frank Davis and his crew. Thursday night, March 2nd, found the term March Madness, just that for the teams and fans. In Game 1, Perry's Cinderella season ended with a gut-wrenching defeat to fellow ICL member DeWitt, 72-71. Game 2 found the Cavaliers with their backs to the wall against a season Lansing Catholic Central 5 out of the rugged capital circuit. Here's how we describe the stretch run. Well, to be honest, there is a lot of pressure on the kids, and they're starting to show a little bit of that pressure here in the... Very late stages, 33 seconds to go, 71-69, Corona. Now they throw the play, oh no, out of bounds, Curtis loses it, it's up and in, and a foul called against Corona, oh my heavens, they ran the old, they passed the ball to a man out of bounds, and then they threw it in, and it was stolen 
and laid up and in, and a foul called on Corona, and now all of a sudden LCC with a chance to take the lead with 28 seconds to go. on Gillette, his third at the free throw line. Who is this? Uh, I think it's Casimir, and he got the basket. He was a chance for tied up, 28 seconds to go, 71-71. Casimir misses, and Bryce has it for the Cavaliers. 30 seconds to go, we're tied up. Run a fortunate there, 22 seconds to go to Bryce, to Seeley. 19 seconds, 18, 17, and Corona wants a timeout. Here on Music 104, stay right with us. We have 17 seconds to go. We'll see if Corona has any four-leaf clovers in the pocket of Frank Davis. We're tied up at 71 apiece, 17 kicks on the clock. And we see the coaches huddling down there, John Patel and Charlie Carr and Frank Davis, and they've got to come in with some kind of player. And Ted, you, know, you and I both know all too well the hardest part of this kind of opportunity here is getting the ball inbound. You're right about that. I'm sure Coach Davis uh, is telling his team he has two timeouts left. If they have any problems at all getting the ball inbound, they better call a timeout. They cannot afford a turnover here. They have got to at least get a shot off. I would look for him to shoot somewhere around the five, six second mark, but we will see. Very possible somebody could get fouled out front. Price, I'm sure they'll try and get him the ball. Hornberger going to come give him some problems. Now he gets it from Gillette. Hornberger on him. Price to Seeley. Back to Lynn. Up top. Back to Seeley. Price. Nine seconds to go. We're tied up. Lynn's going to wheel it now. Over in the right corner to Gillette. He throws it underneath, but it was knocked out of bounds. Two seconds on the clock. It's Corona's ball. And they want another timeout. We have two seconds, Chris. Tied up at 71-71, and uh, Corona almost did not get a shot off. Well, I tell you, with about six seconds, I would have loved to see Lynn Price just stepped up there and fired that three-pointer. It was a long one, but it was not a bad shot for him. No, it wasn't, but he was going to the open man in the right corner, and that was Gillette. He was trying to find Curtis on the baseline, and uh, it was knocked away. A bounce pass would have had better results, that's for sure, but we're looking at a very possible overtime. Tied up at 71-71, so the Owasso game might be getting on even later. Owasso taking on Flushing immediately following this broadcast here from Corona. Both of these teams fighting for their tournament life to try and take on DeWitt, who were 72-71 to victors over Perry in our first game. A lot of nervous people in here right now, Christopher. And I'm one of them, Theodore. Got to get it inbound. They, got to, they can't foul, I'll tell you that much. They got to be careful of that, too. Now we have to stand up because everybody else is, so we can see the action. Two seconds to go. Tied up at 71. Corona of the ball underneath their own basket. Curtis, the high feed to Hale. He goes up, gets it off. Oh! Hale is the oh, jumper, and the Cavaliers win. Turn around, jump around the block by Hale, and the Cavaliers are going nuts. Matt Hale, the biggest basketball, or the biggest basket of his career, slapped some high fives, their buddies up here in the booth, Corona wins it, 73 to 71, and it was two seconds to go on the clock, 
They ran the alley-oop pass that they've done since the days of Jeff Rowley and Phil Zielinski. They threw the high lob to Hale. He got his composure, turned around, jump shot it straight through the cylinder, and the Cavaliers have one another close one. And they've never ran that play better, baby. Stay right with us while I recover from my near coronary, and I'll have our final wrap-up right after this from our sports boosters. Well, Corona won it, 73-71, to 71. never a doubt, right, Frank? Uh, yeah, not now. <laughs> but there was. I was really pretty confident that our kids would do the things we had to do in the end there. But we, oh, we made a long, we got a nice rebound, made a long pass in the middle of the court, and they uh, stepped in front and intercepted it. Uh, and then we had one, we ran the play right. It wasn't there deep. The kid didn't come. We hit Scotty, you know, just that instant, let it slip through. The kid gets it, scores, and... Uh, I think he missed that free throw. He did. He had the chance. And that to take made the, the game uh, uh, tied. And uh, I'm just happy for Matt Hale. And I think all the kids are. The big guy came through for us in the cuts there. And I don't know. We run that play an awful lot. And he just silted it through the net. And it was just great to see. Because I knew we didn't have two seconds. We don't have a lot of time to run a lot of passing or anything. And uh, it's just a nice win for our kids now. And got ourselves in the district finals. Well, you're right. It was a, a excellent win. You are in the district finals. You'll be taking on a DeWitt team that uh, defeated Perry in a nail biter, 72 to 71. And uh, have you had a chance to do much scouting other than the the game there against Perry? No. The only time I've seen DeWitt play is what I saw uh, against Perry. And uh, I think Perry and DeWitt are both really good ball clubs. Uh, uh, they do a lot of things really well. And and in that ball game, it looked like it was just going to be a toss up and. I've said all along, it's going to be tough to win this district, and these games are going to be close, and uh, they've been just what I really uh, expected. Okay, Frank, we're going to let you get to the locker room once again. Congratulations, and we'll see you Saturday night at uh, 7 o'clock where the Cavaliers will do battle with the DeWitt Panthers. Once again, the final score here from Corona, the Cavaliers win it on Matt Hale's baseline jumper with no time remaining. They defeat... Lansing Catholic Central, 73-71. to 71. So the Cavaliers improved to 19-3 and three overall, and they finished, of course, as MMB Conference champions. Once again, the final, Corona, 73, and LCC, 71. And we'll now return you to our studios for the Owasso Flushing Contest. Woo, what a season, and it wasn't over yet. Saturday, March 5th, finally arrived, and the Class B District Championship was upon us. It was the high-flying Corona Cavaliers taking on the bruising DeWitt Panthers for the tournament crown. WMZX Sports was there, and here are the exciting final moments of this classic confrontation. But, uh, yeah, this is March Madness at its finest, and uh, it's a nail-biter, 74-73. to Corona lead right now with only 35 seconds to go, and Pat Villarreal with 26 points on the game at the free-throw line for DeWitt for a one and the bonus. Lynn Price went down with an ankle injury late in the first half as played very, very sparingly at the beginning of the second half and just cannot go. Gave it his best shot, but he just cannot move out there. And he's encouraging his teammates on, though, right now from the bench. It's Brooks, Papaus, Sealy, Gillette, and Hale. Looks like going to finish up for Corona and see what they can do. Hale and Gillette down low on the blocks to try and box out. This missed free throw opportunity. Pat Villarreal at the line with.
26. This shot up straight through the center ties things up at 74. DeWitt only two field goals in this quarter. They're hanging tight with free throws. Villarreal also gets the second one. Gives DeWitt the lead. Villarreal will come out. Not so sure why. No fouls or anything, but they go with a quicker lineup, I guess. It's 75-74. DeWitt. And the, and the, it's interesting. The Panthers are going to just full court press the Cavaliers here, too. See what happens. Gillette will run the baseline with it to inbound it. He'll get it to Brooks. Now they just look like they're going to show a little token pressure. Make Corona work the ball down the court, and that's what they do. Gillette, or Seely, crosses the timeline. Run it down by a point. Gillette to Seely. Cap house right wing. Back to Seely. 20 seconds to go. Run it down by a point. Seely to Brooks. The Greyhound drives left. Oh, he's fouled. He's fouled on the right baseline. Jason Broyles, for no reason, ran right over Jeff Brooks. And that, so he got a little caught up in the excitement. These are only high school kids we might add to our listeners. 15 seconds to go. It's going to be Jeff Brooks at the free throw line for a one and one. Well, that's why these, I think some of these times these high school coaches get gray early. Uh, there was absolutely no reason for that foul. Jeff was cut off completely on the baseline. Well, still 15 seconds to go, and DeWitt calls a timeout. So, with 15 ticks on that clock here on MZX, it is DeWitt 75, Corona 74, with a 1-1 one one coming up for Jeff Brooks. Why don't you give us a recap of that Owasso game, Chris? Okay, this afternoon in Class A District Final Action at Owasso, the Owasso High Trojans came up to district champions. They defeated the St. John's Red Wings by a score of 69-54. to the Hatter, John Hetfield, led the Trojans with 20 points today. Well, Andy Kenny chipped in with 13. Chum Charkett added 8, and Mark Wassa added 8 also. So Trojans showing some good balance there. While for St. John's, Joe Moore led them with 10 points. Pat McNamara and Barry Keel had 8 apiece. And uh, this season has come down to 15 seconds, Ted. One of these teams is going to go on to the regionals, and one of them is going to go home very disappointed. You're right. Jeff Brooks at the free throw line for Corona. His biggest free throw of his career. The senior with 25 points for the Cavaliers. Standing at that free throw line right now. Waiting for the referee. He might want to back off a little bit. No, he's just going to stay there. He looks relaxed. Jeff Brooks, the crowd on their feet. At the free throw line. Gets the first free throw in. Clutch. Clutch free throw by Brooks. Gives the Cavalier a tie. This is for the lead. They bring in Kennedy for Seeley. We're tied up 75 apiece, 15 seconds to go. At the free throw line, Jeff Brooks looking for point number 27. This free throw in and out and in. Got the shooter's bounce. 15, 12, and almost a walk before the timeout. Oh, baby. I'll tell you what, Brian Johnson came across the timeline, and he is a very fortunate gentleman as he looks heavenward, knows he got lucky, 
called timeout after he crossed the timeline and then fell to the floor. And the referee was very, very lenient there to give him a timeout. And uh, I suppose that was the thing to do. Well, I guess. <laughs> you know, Jeff Brooks has struggled from that free throw line a lot this year, but that kid just went up there and nailed the two biggest free throws of his life. Well, give him a lot of credit. He deserves a lot of credit for sticking two through there. 11 seconds to go, 76-75 to run up back on top of DeWitt with the ball. Cronut does have a timeout remaining if they need it. DeWitt just used their last T.O. And boy, this game is everything it promised to be, Chris. Boy, this is a tough situation for a team defensively. You cannot foul. You don't want to send them to the line and give them a chance to win that way. Well, here we are. 11 seconds to go. Corona up by a point. Corona up by a point with DeWitt with the ball. They'll have it right in front of the score table. They're going to have to keep a close eye on Pat Villarreal, number 32. It's going to be Brooks covering him. They'll inbound it with Severy. Severy to Johnson. Down to 10. 9. Johnson picks up his dribble, throws it in the corner to Villarreal. He's open. Left side. No good. Kennedy with the rebound. It's on the floor. Kennedy is fouled with one second to go. The crowd starting to go nuts. Corona at the free throw line. Wayne Kennedy, the biggest free throw of his life. One second to go. Coach Davis might want a timeout just to tell his team what to do, maybe back away from the free throw line. They don't want to foul. We have one tick remaining. 76, 75, and I'll tell you, Chris, Villarreal had the shot. It was a 10-footer, a nice clear banker on the left side, and it just was short. He came up with the old short arm. Something came up in his throat, Ted, and that shot's a lot tougher at this stage of the game than it was in the second quarter. That timeout, or that substitution, proved good by Coach Davis, too, putting Kennedy in the game for defensive purposes. He came away with that rebound. He ripped it down like a man, too. He ripped it down, and then he was ripped down with one second on the clock. That was foul number five on Mike Severy, who had a fine game, closing out his career with 14 points. And now Coach Davis wants a timeout. So here it is, folks. You're just tuning in. We have one second to go. Corona, the only way they can lose this game is if they give it away because, or a Hail Mary play goes in. 76-75. Corona's on top with Kennedy at the free throw line. DeWitt has no timeouts, Chris. You know, Wayne can just, he can just fling it up there. He's going to shoot it to make it, but even if he misses, they're going to have to throw a three-quarter shot up to beat the Cavaliers. Dad, uh, this baby's over. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't easy. Well... I'll tell you, I'm not going to quite say that yet. I've seen miracles happen before in the world of sports, and uh, they do happen once in a while, but I'll tell you what, this baby is 99 and 9 quarters, or 99 and 9% the Cavaliers game, that's for sure, leading by a point, and Wayne Kennedy going to be standing the only Cavalier at the free throw line. Run up by one, one 76-75 here on WMZX from Owasso. We have one second to go. He didn't really get a chance to show what he can do being injured at the end of the first half, but I'll tell you what, this classy bunch of Cavaliers, they've been close all season.
season long, and they pulled together when it came time. And I'll tell you what, Jeff Brooks, I know we've plugged Lynn Bryce all season long as an all-stater, but uh, Jeff Brooks really rose to the top tonight and came through in the clutch for the Cavaliers, along with so many other unsung heroes. You know, Chris Taphouse came in the game, really steadied the Cavaliers down, but we'll get more into that. It's 76-75, the final from Corona, and Corona will move on to regional action. We'll be back with a complete wrap-up and possibly an interview or two right after this from our boosters. It looks like, Chris, we've, uh, we've done a pretty good job of filling because Coach Davis is making his way over here, so we're going to get his post-game comments as soon as possible. He is probably shaking hands with more people than he's talked to in a long time. This was a very hard-earned victory. So here comes Frank Davis, and uh, Frank, whale of a job, let me tell you. We've watched the Cavaliers all season long, you know, and uh, we've done our share of bragging up uh, your players, especially Lynn Price, but i got to tell you, the team really showed that they are a team tonight. When they had to pull up their sweat socks and get it done, they just wouldn't refuse to take the loss. Uh, <clears throat> I'm probably a little bit speechless right now. You know, I've always said you know, uh, we really got a pretty good team, and and uh, a lot of times I've said that Chris Taphouse could play play for a lot of kids. It's just uh, he had to play behind Lynn Price, and he never got discouraged. And uh, I know I can play, and, and what he's done in the past for us. And I'm really happy for Chris and the job that he did for us in there. But like you say, they all really battled in there, and it was. Uh, just another great team victory for him. They uh, worked off a heart. Well, you're absolutely right. We've made note of the fact that when you put Taphouse in the game, he seemed to settle the, the Cavaliers down defensively. Now, you couldn't have been too happy, to be perfectly blunt, going in the locker room with your defensive play in the first half. No, I really was upset with our defensive play. Uh, really, really upset. But uh, the kids come back, and uh, they knew what they had to do, and uh, we just got toughened up, and I know a lot of times you can set pressing and things, but, you know, Ted, the game's a one-and-a-half-court game, and I'll tell you what, we made some big rebounds down there, and we started putting a little more pressure on them, and uh, they were able to do it. Well, I'll tell you, the Cavaliers certainly earned this victory tonight. You know, Jeff Brooks had 27 points, and uh, it, things were looking mighty dim there in that third quarter in the beginning of the fourth, and when he hit that triple, it kind of seemed to really get the crowd in the game now. You know, the crowd tonight seemed to be a sixth man for this Cavalier squad and really seemed to get them pumped. Oh, uh, when we made that run and we kept inching a little closer and a little closer, I mean, this crowd just got loud. And I'll tell you, our kids, you know, I looked out one time and I saw Chris raising his hands and he wanted more. And I'll tell you, it makes a lot of difference. Uh, uh, they were really a very big factor in the game tonight. And uh, uh, I can't say enough for Jeff. It looked like at times he got a little frustrated. But, boy, he tell you, he... Uh, he got the job done. He hit a big three for us when we needed it, and he made those two free throws, and uh, uh, he really came through for us, Don. But all of them did, and i just like to thank everybody that's really supported us all year. Uh, you don't know how good it makes me feel. Thirteen years ago when I used to come to games at home, we'd have 50 people in the stands. So I, I appreciate every one of them. Well, I'll tell you one final thing, Frank, before I let you go in the locker room. Uh, I noticed after the game that you were – uh, renewing a few acquaintances with some of the different individuals that you had coached through the years. I know a good portion of the 1983 state championship team is here to congratulate you on the victory tonight. And uh, 
that's got to make you feel good when some of your former players come back and, you know, they call you coach, but I'm sure they also call you a friend. Uh, yeah, that, that's really important, and uh, I think that all of our coaches at, at Corona, and I, we like to think that uh, once you're a Cavalier, you're always a Cavalier. And I know that all these kids that come back and support us in, the, in our teams and, and everything, it really does make you feel good uh, uh, having had those kids play for you and all the excitement. And, and they're really happy for us when our kids win. Okay, Frank Davis, thanks for coming up here in the broadcast booth once again. We really appreciate uh, you coming up here and talking to us. And Corona, once again, picked up the victory here, Chris. 76 to 75. Any any final thoughts here on this district championship for Corona? And I might add, gotta congratulate both Corona and Owasso because they both come away with district hardware championship. Oh, it's been many many years since both these teams advanced the regionals in the same year, and both of them have drawn tough assignments. Now, Owasso have to play Saginaw, and Corona probably have to play Bonavista, and Bonavista is probably the best Class B team in the state right now. Well, you're right about that. They're going to have their hands full, but they are happy just to be at the dance. The final score here, 76-75 Corona, and we're not really sure when Corona will play their regional yet at this date. Owasso will see action on Wednesday night. They'll go to regional Class A action at Flint Central. It'll be a battle of Troy, the Owasso Trojans taking on the Saginaw Trojans. And then... Tuesday or Wednesday night, depending on the CMU, Central Michigan University women's basketball game tomorrow, they might have a, a girls' tournament game Tuesday night. So we don't know as of yet when Corona will play, but it'll either be Tuesday or Wednesday night. So that's going to about do it here. And uh, it's a happy bunch of Cavalier fans who will be making their way home. Corona defeats DeWitt and takes home the Class B District Hardware Championship trophy. 76 to 75. On behalf of my buddy up here in the broadcast booth, Chris McMillan, I'm Ted Patel saying so long and keep it tuned to Music 104 for some more of our Solid Gold Weekend. It was now on to regional play for the Cavaliers against perennial powerhouse, the Saginaw Buena Vista Knights. The Saginaw School, which has produced many Division I college players, most recently Temple University All-American Mark Macon, would be the heavy favorites. Would Lynn Price be able to play, and could the Cavs keep things close and maybe steal the victory at the end? From Mount Pleasant in Central Michigan's Rose Arena, here's some of the second quarter action. Well, we got a minute and a half to go. Corona up by four, and I'll tell you, they do have their game faces on. The Cavaliers set orders in the game now for Coach Frank Davis. Kennedy comes out. TV working around. Koenig on the left side. Comes off to Sean Jackson. Back to Koenig. Up top, free throw attempt. No good. We've got a great shoot. Real good down court. He's got one-on-one. He's going to go to the hoop drive. He's hammered. Everybody's good as he has all year, Ted, and that is a big plus for the Cavaliers. The wonder of the air cast, right, big guy? Right on. Got a minute to go, 29-23, folks, Corona on top. That is, we are not misspeaking here. Of course, first half is winding down, but it's got to be a big boost at this point for the Cavaliers. BB, the shot goes up, a quick shot, no good, a fight for the rebound, and Otis calls it down. But he gets the and trying to get the outlet pass out. Throws it to Connick. Connick in the corner. Shot goes up and no good. And Hale has his big pause on it. To Gillette. Then it's stolen by Jackson. And 
Jackson. Oh, no, no. Jackson's going to back off and cover somebody else. They're going to send a couple different players at Lynn. Soriano Smith now has the job to cover Lynn. They come into Bordas on the right side. Up right. It's on the floor. Back to Trent. Up top. It's going to be uh, a little nerve ratchet for Trent. He gets it to Gillette. Oh, they throw it away. Six seconds to go. Soriano Smith going to go. All the way to jumper right wing, in and out, no good, the puzzle's down. So the Lord here is a lot of baseball here in front of the current this week, and they've got to be a very happy bunch in the locker room. So Runner leads it here after one half a play on WMCS 29 23. And stay right with us, we'll have all our halftime wrap up and statistical ledger right after these words from our sports Corona on top at half, 29-23, and as you can tell, the crowd was really turned on. The Cavaliers were still hanging tough at the end of three periods, but were obviously starting to wear down. Here's the final 50 seconds of quarter number three. 56 seconds to go. DB down by seven. Golden Black for the final time with 15 points. 
Classmate Rod Seeley came off the bench for 11, while fellow senior Scott Curtis added 10. It was a great year for the Golden Black as they closed out the campaign at a sparkling 20-4 and, and collected MMB and district honors along the way. It was a season I'll not soon forget, and I'm sure neither will the 1989 Cavaliers. The seniors, first of all, Jeff Brooks, Chris Taphouse, Kirk Kalisek, Wayne Kennedy, Dan Gillette, Lynn Price, Rod Seeley, Scott Curtis, and Matt Hale. Neither will juniors Trent Hornis, Terry Saunders, and Kevin Kurgis. And I know the coaches Chuck Carr, John Patel, and head coach Frank Davis will remember 1989 as one of those special seasons. On behalf of Chris McMillan, I'm Ted Patel saying as Bob Hope might, thanks for the memories, guys. And we'll see you again next year as we man the WMZX microphones once again for exciting Corona Cavalier football and basketball battles. Until then, so long, everybody. This has been a Ted Fatale production in conjunction with the WMZX Studios and the Corona High School Athletic Department. Written text by John and Ted Fatale. Special thanks to all the players, coaches, and fans of the 1988-89 Corona Cavaliers who made this recording possible.